Music. Reviews. Chat. Poems. Comedy. Writing. Interviews. ELFM. It's radio for so much more. Hello and welcome to ELFM where it's radio. Welcome to ELFM where it's radio but so much more. Today is a pre-election special of Red Kite. So we'll be interviewing two people. But before we even do that, we have a dedication. So let's go over to Johan for that. Thank you, Joaria. Um, today, uh, I'm going to give a shout out to Ellie part of my next-gen foundation group and it's her birthday today and we're just going to say happy birthday and have fun. Thanks, Johan. So, we've got Tess and Lauren to interview but before we do that, let's hear a track. This is Everybody Can Be a Politician. Anyone can be a politician nowadays anyone can stand as an MP An Oxford degree isn't vital nor are three middle names or a title Anyone can throw their hat in even if you don't speak Latin We'll sort the money Where's your manifesto? Don't have one. So what's my pledges? Whatever you want them to be. You can say whatever you like, so long as it's not Brexit. Or anti Yorkshire. Anyone can be a politician. Even you. Time for us to settle up the score. in the general election.
was anybody can be a politician, which is from Tess's show, which we'll hear about very soon. So to interview Tess, I'm with Aaron and Jess, Sean, Tony and uh, Henry. So we have Tess with us right now. Hello. Hi there. So tell us a bit about what you do, like your role. Yeah, sure. So I'm a theatre director and a writer. Um, and I guess I'm on here today in advance of the elections next week because in 2017, I started researching a political party called the Yorkshire Party for a play. Um, and I thought it was going to be a funny play because I thought they were all a bit nuts trying to make Yorkshire its own separate entity. <laughs> But then I, um, I went along undercover to their party conference. I stuck out like a sore thumb because I wasn't wearing a flat cap. And then um, I ended up getting more and more interested in, uh, in what they were doing and, and in, in their argument that we should have our own evolved uh, powers and more power that's local. local run rather than all the way down in London and um, anyway I thought it's not a play here so I'll leave it alone and then there was a snap election called in 2017 and the Yorkshire party tweeted saying does anyone want to stand um, and I thought that was a really funny way of getting a candidate for a, <laughs> for a national election so I retweeted it thinking it was as a joke and then they messaged me saying oh you can stand that would be brilliant um, and then the song you've just heard is um, is a song about them asking me to stand and what they said when they they all met up with me and they said, uh, yeah, anyone can be a politician. Why can't you do it? And that just blew my mind. And then, uh, yeah, so I ended up saying yes and standing for election. Um, uh, so then, but because I'm a theatre director, once I'd stood and I got 303 votes, which I was very proud of, um, I ended up making it into a musical called Say Yes to Tess, which uh, I'm hoping to bring back once we get out of COVID, hopefully. That sounds amazing. Like, what was, <laughs> Thank you. Like, <laughs> what made you like, think about going undercover about this? Oh, well, I was, to be honest, I was a bit scared of them all because I thought, oh, what? It was just after Brexit and the, the EU referendum and there was a lot of quite far-right politics going on and I couldn't quite work out if it was um, something a bit kind of, well, what to me is scary about kind of wanting other people out. Um, and so I went along and I dragged my, um, my boyfriend along as well. And he, I have to say, he got more scared than I was. Um, and he, at lunchtime, he, was, he lost all the colour in his face and he just wanted to go home. Um, but actually, um, they weren't far right and they weren't kind of aggressive. They were just absolutely thrilled that, that someone, so, uh, I think one of them said, to me you're a woman um which was uh which was very thrilling for them but i did i um i did fairly soon after that tell them that i was actually a playwright and not necessarily signing up to the yorkshire party but they did win me over in the end um for that election anyway so um i guess i just gotta ask because i've uh, done my research i've read the articles and stuff and um you're quoted with saying that you wanted the system to change. I just wondered what you mean by that. That's such a good question. Um, so by the systems changing, I guess I went on this big journey of researching the Yorkshire Party and it, 
At first, I just thought it was going to be a comedy about whippets and flat caps and Yorkshire stereotypes. But when I went into that um, day that they spent kind of plotting out how they would run Yorkshire, I started thinking about the system and actually how I um, I only vote every four years or um, I don't really... I, I go to a few protests, but I don't really do that much. And I don't feel very connected to politics. And the more I started researching and looking into it, the more I thought... Well, actually, maybe that's because um, the people I see represented are not, don't really reflect me. They're all from really high incomes. Well, not all of them, but a lot of them come from private schools, high incomes. Only 34% of MPs are women. Um, much less, I think only 4% of MPs are women of colour. Um, and it's and it's just as bad on a local election, um, on a local councillor level as well. So I started thinking about why is that? That. Why don't we just get the best people for the job in? There's a lot of politicians that I, I think, I, hope, I imagine you'd agree that maybe aren't the best people for the job. Not looking at anyone in particular, Boris Johnson. Um, but, um, yeah, so I... Um, so I, I feel really passionately that we should change the system. When I went to Westminster, the Houses of Parliament, if there's already there's still sword hangers in the cloakrooms and there's still um all the walls are just covered with these pictures of old men laughing together there's um the table that they sit they debate over in the in the house of parliament is long enough so two swords can't touch and i just think it's really antiquated why shouldn't parliament sh you know shake it up why should it only be two parties first past the post um uh, why should um, why don't we just we're in a totally different time to when that version of politics was invented and also it was originally invented so it served the rich rather than served everyone it's not been long that everyone can vote and still lots of people can't vote um, so yeah so I just feel really inspired that if we just had a bit more imagination around how we govern um, maybe we would actually have a representative democracy and maybe there would be better politics and more interesting debate and um, maybe a more, um, I don't know, a more uh, healthy um, environment for us all to live in. So is that, it's, so do you think politics should be open to everybody? Yeah, absolutely. Um and I think, um, and you could say, yeah, well, it is. You can, if you're over 18, you could vote. I mean, personally, I would get people from 16 and up voting. Um, I think that would be brilliant. Um, but I think, I think we don't, we don't know how. I certainly didn't know how a lot of it worked. I didn't know. I don't know if you've ever watched the count night on um, on TV when the votes come in. I didn't know that they get told beforehand that they've won. You know, when they're on the stage and they like celebrate and they go, yes. They're just acting. Um, I was shocked as a theatre director. I thought, well, that's absolute, that's a lie. Um, but yes, I think everyone should be able to access politics. Everyone should be able to stand. And when I stood, a lot of people said, you shouldn't be doing that. You're getting in the way of, um, you know, Labour or Conservative. They, no, no one's going to vote for you. So why, why are you doing it? Um, but I think, yeah, I think it'd be a brilliant if everyone in the country was involved in politics and wanted to vote. And that's great. That's a healthy country. What do you think? Do you, so, uh, um, sorry, go on. Um, so did this give you like a new point of view on politics and from what you thought before you actually, you know, had this experience? 
Yeah, do you know what? When I was standing, um, and it was a while ago now, uh, but when I was standing in 2017, I was so scared to go out and knock on, on my neighbours' doors and say, hi, I'm Tess Seddon, I'm standing in the general election. And I was so worried about it because I just thought everyone would, like, swear at me or, or throw eggs at me or whatever. But I was so amazed because every single person who opened their doors wanted to talk about politics and wanted to, um, wanted to have an opinion and wanted to be involved. A lot of people said they didn't vote, and that really surprised me. One woman was a nurse um, in the NHS, and she said she'd never voted because she just didn't feel connected to it. Another person... Um, said, uh, well, when I said, because my opening line to everyone was, um, do you feel represented by Westminster? And um, can you guess how many... So I went round about 300 houses in Leeds and I asked every single house, do you feel represented by Westminster? Can you guess how many people said uh, yes? Not many. <laughs> Not many. <laughs> Yeah, you're right there. Not one single house said they felt represented. So that made me think, well, we've got a real big problem then, because if not one person out of these 300 random houses that I've knocked on are feeling represented, then then what's who's it for? Who is being represented? If you could do um, one thing to try and convince people to vote, what would you do? I don't know. I think, I think the thing is, the more people that vote and the more young people that vote and people who have got, like, um, who have got things to, uh, you know, at stake, and, um, which is everyone, really, then the more people that vote, the more the system will represent them because you, you vote for who, who um, looks after your concerns. I think um, I think it's difficult, and I can understand why people think politics is rubbish. It's all the same, um, but I really, yeah. I guess my argument would be that voting's not the be all and end all. Because actually, I'd much rather you you stood or you you went along to a protest or you took over a party or or you got involved. Um, but I think voting is one really important thing to do, and. I don't know what my argument would be. I think you need your voice heard. And, it, and if you're not voting, no one's listening to you. So if you're a student or if you're um, someone who, who needs um, uh, some help for, like, and you don't vote, then maybe the, the guy that doesn't stand for those things, that doesn't want to help students or, or people that need help, maybe he'll get in. I say he because it's probably going to be a man. Um, but, no offence to the men listening, um, but, uh, yeah, so vote and be heard. So you wrote this musical on it and we're going to give you over to our musical experts that I'm pretty sure are hopefully here. Are you there? Hi. Hi. Yep. Um, Jess, would you like to ask a question? Well, uh, the main question I wanted to ask is, uh, what is your, was your inspiration for the songs, you know, like the style of music? Oh, that's a really good question. I should tell you that I'm actually tone deaf. Um, I can't hear music at all um, because I, my school teacher, when I was little, was like, I was the one person in school that was banned from singing in choir because I'm, my voice is so shocking. 
um, which is really sad actually because I had a real passion for singing and I loved it but I had to ho just hold this, the song sheets and it was because of that story I thought well that's kind of like with politics I remember being told I don't know enough to contribute to conversations or um, to being talked over at, at um, by people who, kn who knew more. So I just stayed silent. Um, and so I, that actually became a bit of a metaphor for why it, it was going to be important for it to be a musical. Partly because I think music makes everything really fun and politics at, at first glance does not sound like fun. But also, um, so the whole story of the show is that, um, and I play myself, um, and I'm an awful, an awful actor as well. So it's I kind of I've got these brilliant actors and brilliant singers in the show, and um, they're they're singing these kind of show tunes. That song you just heard, which is written by uh, my great friend Harry Blake, who's an amazing composer. It's called Anyone Can Be a Politician, and that's he kind of brought to life um, that conversation I had when they got me to stand in the election and he kind of made it like a show tune he just um a kind of big belting number because it feels like it feels just so fun the thought of these um Yorkshire party candidates who are a bit gruff or um quite eccentric or that well the three that I've kind of put in the show were um all very hopeful and sweet and um and kind of a little naive um breaking into song and trying to convince me to stand in the election it feels like a really two very different things politics and show tunes um, so yeah, but in the show, I don't sing um, because I feel like um, I don't, but it's all about me building in confidence to maybe, not to give away a spoiler, but there might be a bit at the end where I finally find my voice. Yeah, so um, because, you know, this is a musical and everything, um, have you actually watched any musicals on stage? And if so, did they inspire or add to anything on this musical? Um, so, uh, me and Harry actually went to see Phantom of the Opera, um, which was, um, Harry saw it when he was a little boy and he uh, used to love it. So it was funny going to watch it as an adult. Um, I did watch a lot of musicals to help me understand it because before I'd only, I'd never done a musical before. So it was a bit arrogant actually of me to say, oh, I'm going to be part of a musical. Um, but I... Uh, Yes, so we went to see lots of musicals. Harry uh, uh, has written lots of musicals before, so he was my saviour. Um, and um, I found out that... Uh, so I, would write the, I wrote the kind of words of the play and then he would shape it into songs and add lyrics that were ten times funnier than mine. Um, and, uh, yeah, but I, I still feel a bit underqualified because there's no way I could do it by myself because I just do not have the musical ability. Just add, adding on that, I'm just wondering what um, other musicals you researched. Oh, gosh. Um, what else? So I... Well, I used to love all the Disney ones, um, Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid. Um, what else did we watch? Uh, do you know what? It was actually three, four years ago now that we did all the research. Um, uh, Chicago, um, I watched um, Sound of Music. I guess I was really interested in how, why, because I'm used to straight plays where you don't have any songs. So I was trying to work out what what's the function of a song. Um, so um, why do the characters suddenly burst into song? Why can't 
and it's it's kind of like when the text can't contain them anymore they're kind of bursting out um yeah have you seen a lot of musicals uh, i've seen loads of musicals i spent oh my gosh. Uh, this year this year i spent all my birthday money on musical tickets so oh wow Oh, well, maybe you should come on board as my expert, my musical expert, because <laughs> Harry's fed up of trying to explain how musicals work to me. <laughs> What's, what musicals are you going to see? Um, well, hopefully, if, you know, COVID and everything, you know, dies down a bit, um, I'm supposed to be going to see six of the musical, Heathers, and everybody's talking about Jamie. Wow. They have three very exciting, uh, very current musicals. That'll be fun. I'll come along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and just, you know, adding on to what you've just asked, um, do you have any favourite musicals out of the ones you've, you know, seen? Oh, my gosh. I think you found my weak point and you're going in like an incredible <laughs> journalist. <laughs> um, I, uh, my favourite musical, do you know what? Um, Phantom of the Opera was so cheesy and naff, but you can't fight that 80s electro tune. And also, because I went with Harry, um, I was so happy to go with him. So that was nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, oh, I just love the musicals from my um, childhood. Uh, uh, like, oh, I'm going to say again. I'm, yeah, Be Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid was the first film I saw as a child and I absolutely loved it. And I used to sing all the songs until I was told never to sing again. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I, maybe you're making me think I need to go and watch some more musicals um, <laughs> because this is definitely a hole in my knowledge. Do you have any, uh, on, the, on the musical film, um, do they break into song in the middle of a parliamentary debate, for example, because I'd just love to see that in real life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it could be a pretty powerful uh, parliamentary-like song, couldn't it? There's a... Um, so my favourites... One of my favourite songs that Harry's written for Say Yes to Test, the musical, is um, a song where... Um, which is based on real events where... Um, Made in Leeds TV were doing a, a debate with the candidates for Leeds North East and they didn't invite me because I'm a smaller party but really everyone should be invited to a debate because that's if you only invite Labour and Conservative then you're saying well these it's it's one out of these two but actually a lot of people want to see lots of different candidates and want to have a really big debate with lots of different ideas. Yeah. Um, it's not just a kind of binary, you know, you don't, if in any other, if you went to like a shop and they only had two pairs of um, uh, different types of trousers, you'd probably be like, wouldn't go back to that shop, mm. um, which is probably why people don't really want to vote or be part of it because there's not enough voices being heard or enough new ideas or... Mm. Um, enough difference and that's maybe why we're so anti each other and kind of it feels so um angry like one side against the other polarized uh, yeah yeah um but 
uh, I can't remember what the question was now. I was, I, was, um, I was thinking if any of your songs in the musical were actual parliamentary debates, because I'd love to see it in real life. Like, I think that if you went round people's houses asking if they felt like Westminster represented them, I think if Westminster did all the business in song, <laughs> people might say yes. I don't know, it's just an idea. Yeah. No, well, maybe that's the sequel, but maybe I need to get, vote- I need to get voted in first. Um, yeah. But no, oh, sorry, I was explaining my favourite song in the show is, is called Twitter Storm. And right. it was when I um, tweeted into Maiden Leeds saying, why haven't you invited the other candidates? And Harry's written this kind of um, uh, disco number almost that's very high energy. And it's yeah. um, when there was, because they kicked off this kind of Twitter storm in, um, with all these kind of people on, the, on Twitter and it, uh, against Maiden Leeds. And it got really intense. And then they had to invite me on. Um, but yeah, I think um, the music is putting. I think what's what I like about it is putting people who you just wouldn't expect to sing in a musical and making them sing because actually the, the politics is so passionate and and for all you can talk bad about a lot of politicians, like they do want to change the world for yeah. good or bad, but they are passionate people. Um, and yeah, I feel like they're only one step away from breaking into song in the House of Commons. Maybe yeah. not the House of Lords. I think they're too fast asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have time for one more question of Tess, and we'll hopefully be here for her, for her again and maybe even bring some of the songs to, the, to Chapel FM in the future or the show. But um, before we do that, Tess, do you want to just talk about what's next for the show, what what's the future looks like? And then if anybody has a final question for Tess... <laughs> yeah, so um, we are looking at, so um, we were meant to do it, we were three weeks into rehearsal when everything got shut down the first time, um, so that was going to be performed in spring 2020, um, but um, obviously <coughs> the pandemic happened, um, and then, so now we're looking at bringing it back for um, for spring 2022 so next spring but in the meantime we're currently trying to fundraise to create it into a podcast because we think the songs are so fun and the story of of someone standing for election and not knowing anything about politics and learning is such a exciting journey and we really want people to be able to listen to it Um, and we've been thinking about well we're hopefully getting some funding to do a project with Chapel FM um, to get some work with some young people to take them on a similar journey into the heart of our democracy and see what they make of it um, see if they go on a similar journey to me or if they what conclusions they might draw if they spend some time going to the Houses of Parliament um, so yeah so fingers crossed we'll get that and that will be our next kind of big big project so before Tess goes any final questions for her or Tess anything you want to ask back to the rest of the group um, I just I'd love to ask a question. Yeah. Um, uh, are, are you guys planning on voting in the local elections or for the West Yorkshire mayor, um, which is coming up next week? And if you're under, if you're not young enough, if you're not old enough, um, would you would you consider voting, or do you think it's a bit of a waste of time? After what I've heard today, I probably will end up voting. Yes, that's the spirit. I, I will be voting because we can never make a change if we don't stand up. Nice. That should be a song. I'll get Harry Blake on that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never make it. I won't sing. Um, 
And West Yorkshire's never had a mayor before. This is the first time, right? Brand new. Yeah, I was tempted to stand. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's really exciting. So, that the, so power, they are, you know, there is a bit more power coming to West Yorkshire to decide like how transport works and how, um, you know, adult education works. And hopefully it's the beginning of, of getting a lot more power. And I just feel like if, if there's power nearby, say if the, the Houses of Commons were in like Leeds, we'd probably all feel a lot closer to the decisions that are made. And we could knock on, if they make some bad decisions, we could just knock on the door and say, no, thanks, you're out. Um, we want to be in. Um, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Tess, for coming on Red Kite today here on East Leeds FM. Uh, and we hope to have you back. We're going to go out with a song in just a moment here. We're going to hear the song No More Heroes by The Stranglers, which has a bit of a politician theme to it. And then we're going to go straight from that into a radio feature we produced a couple weeks ago that Sean here, music director, music uh, worker at Chapel FM, helped produce with us about the Kill the Bill protest that took yep. place down in uh, Millennium Square a couple weeks ago. So we'll hear some sounds of that. And then we're going to be moving on to our, our second guest, Lauren, to talk about the Children's Rights Project and Woodcraft. But thanks, Tess, and everybody else. Thank you all. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you, babe. Thank you. And here's the song.
be young, have fun. Listen to the Red Kite broadcast on East Leeds FM. From the people to the people, East Leeds FM. Here are sounds and voices from the Kill the Bill protest that took place in Leeds city centre on April 2nd, 2021, resisting the new police crime sentencing and courts bill, as recorded by East Leeds FM. Basically, if this bill passes through, it means that loads of marginalized voices are not going to be heard. And so, like, this is a resistance for those voices that need to be heard and for the changes that need to happen so that we can progress as a society. And also, this is a very outstanding violence against democracy. The most democracy depends on the right of peaceful protests and all the different, like, amazing progress that we've made in terms of females getting their rights to vote and also uh, refugee rights, trans rights, all colliding into this action of civil disobedience. For it to be taken away is is, is such a vile act of, of, of violence towards the people. And that's why I'm here. <laughs> Why are you here at this protest today? Um, I'm here because I'm really, really frightened by the idea of a bill that's going to uh, curb our rights to protest, something which has been so important throughout our history and getting rights for marginalised people. And yeah, I'm really frightened about what it means. Now, speaking of marginalised people, how do you think that this bill affects women in particular? Um, I think as we've seen, obviously over the last couple of weeks, um, our right to protest against violence against women yeah. has been hugely important and at a time like this, um, our right to come together and mourn and organise um, as, as a collective it has been so important. democratic society and have a chance of making things better is having a meaningful right to protest and I read the government fact sheet on this new bill earlier today and it claimed that it wouldn't get do away with the right to protest but if you're going to say that protest can't be annoying then to all intents and purposes yeah. you're banning protest completely Well, you know, 
know, the right of protest is something that's a fundamental freedom that we've enjoyed for, for centuries and is now under threat like never before. A lot of marginalised groups are already disproportionately affected by police brutality, by stiffer sentencing. And if you're giving police greater powers for stop and search, greater powers to arrest people, they're going to more than likely going to concentrate those people, those powers, on the people they already target, yep. which are marginalised groups. Look at the attacks on the travellers community. I mean, it's phenomenal that you have to have a permit to be a traveller. Yeah. You know, that's appalling. Travellers have, have existed, again, for, for hundreds of years in this country, and they've always been a part of... They've always been marginalised, but they've always been a part of, 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 yeah. of Britain. sensitive person um, I stood up on the stage and I said what I had to say and I feel a bit, a bit moved and as much as I like the energy and I'm excited about it being a person of color means that I'm instantly having to think about my safety and it, it, it adds up in the layers right so I'm not only a person of color I'm a woman and it just collides into this sense of, oh, I, I'm not very used to being platformed, I'm not very used to being seen. And so it leaves me with this sense of, of a lot of uncomfortableness. But that's okay, like, I'm, I'm very happy to be uncomfortable. And I'm not scared of being comfortable. Um, I'm more aware of it than anything else. Yeah, yeah. And I'm very grateful as well. I'm very grateful for people to devote their time their energy and their emotions into coming together to do something great um, despite all the negativity that's been going around so that is very nice I hope that summed it up <laughs> I'm disabled I've been put through hell by the police um, I've suffered violence at the hands of the police officer. I feel very hopeful, I feel inspired, and I feel that things are going to change. If Boris Johnson cuts off front end Downing Street because he's trespassing on number 10's Downing Street premises, Boris Johnson, you, go off from number 10 Downing Street. It's always the most marginalised who are most brutalised by the police. So, I mean, um, I mean, the, 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 the record of the police in, in terms of violence against women, violence against black people, is absolutely uh, abhorrent. I actually feel very proud of what we've managed to achieve today. I feel like there's been a lot of people that have turned up to support the cause. Also, they were all very be well behaved. We did our best to social distance and we've all marched as together, united as one organisation. We are now united. So the government should feel scared, should feel very afraid.
our stepmom. We did everything to hate her. She took us down to the edge of Decatur. We saw the lion and the kangaroo take her down to the river where they caught a wild alligator. Sangamon River, it overflowed. It caused a mudslide on the banks of the operator. Civil War skeletons in their graves. They came up clapping in the spirit of the aviator. Lovely. That was uh, Decatur by Sufjan Stevens. Uh, very lovely little tune. Uh, just to, uh, after our uproarious feature on the Kill the Bill demo that was a couple of weeks ago, there is another Kill the Bill demo uh, in Leeds tomorrow, as there are across the whole of the country. So if you want some more information on that, please just, just give it a Google. Hello, I'm Henry. I'm the broadcasting worker here at Chapel FM, and I'm joined by Lauren and Johan from Woodcraft Folk. Uh, Lauren, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Glad that it's Friday. How about yourself? Yes, I'm very... Well, it's quite rainy today, isn't it? But I'm happy. And Johan, how are you doing? I'm fine. Good stuff. So, Johan, um, for someone that's never, ever heard of Woodcraft Folk, how could you pitch it to get them down to get involved? What's it all about? Uh, it's about, like, uh, teaching ki uh, kids about... Uh, young people about, like, how things that's going on, like, maybe about fair trade and uh, children's rights, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. Oh, lovely. And uh, Lauren, uh, can you tell us your role within Woodcraft Folk? 
So my role within Woodcraft Oak is quite varied, but at the moment what I'm doing is been working a lot on the Children's Rights Project, which we're going to talk about tonight, and also overseeing all of our online programme that's been going on over the past year, um, and all of our sort of social media and communications as well. Brilliant stuff. So, Johan, tell us about this Kids Got Rights project that uh, Woodcraft Folk are launching. Uh, so, it's an international um, movement and people around the around Europe and yeah, and they're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be learning about the child rights and how we can get pe people who won't know to learn about them and what they really are and what they mean. So, Johan, I had a little bit of a look about these rights. Where where do they come from? Is it the, the UN? Have I got that right? Uh, yeah. And are there any of these rights that people might not realise that they have, these rights that are enshrined by the UN and advocated by Woodcraft folk? What are some that people need to be aware of that they have that they might not realise? Uh, that most people actually have a right to actually play and that they actually are allowed to they they have a right to play and that they should not be like um like kept from like forced to not play with friends or people that they know and johan we've had a really difficult year uh, you know with with the pandemic do you think we've done well as a society to manage to keep that freedom to play, or do you think we, we could have done better to, to encourage that, that spirit of freedom, that right to play? Personally, I think we could have done better because, um, like, most parents were saying that they should go to school, but the thing is we're not even allowed to, like, go outside and play. And, Lauren, can you tell us a bit more about how you're collaborating with these other groups in other countries. How, as people come together online, um, how are you sort of coordinating this across the borders? So when the project was originally sort of uh, talked about, we weren't in the world that we found ourselves in today. Uh, so the project was meant to be very much about young people from these seven different countries who are part of our sister organisation across Europe called um, IFM SEI. And so we were meant to be sort of doing a lot more meeting in person, but we had our launch meeting a couple of weeks ago that was online. And I think Johan will agree with me that it was um, joyful chaos of lots of different translation into lots of different languages, but everybody could find a level of understanding and cooperating. We played a lot of fun games, did a lot of games that involved actions that everybody could be on the same level on. Uh, we're hopeful that towards the end of this year we might be able to meet some of our international friends in person, although that's obviously uh, dependent on the restrictions. But yeah, we'll carry on to collaborate online um, and to it's a great skill for young people and for, for adults like myself to kind of learn different ways to communicate with people who don't necessarily speak the same language as you. And so it's a lot of different skills we're learning all in one go. <laughs> Amazing. Johan, can you give us an example of some of the, the games or the ways that you were connecting with, with young people across the across these countries? Uh, so one of the games was where one of the... It's sort of like wink murder, but instead of, like, winking and, like, trying to kill the other people, they had to make an action and everybody else would follow. 
and then somebody would have to have to try and figure out who was starting off the actions and it was just a great way to like know what people like maybe people's personality just from like the way the how they how quickly they figure out the person or how good they are like hiding in amongst everybody else it sounds an amazing way to to connect with people and getting rid of that language barrier and just having some fun as well as obviously talk about something really important. I'm going to open it up to some of the other people we've got here in the the digital studio. Uh, I'm going to just go to Aaron first. Aaron, are you are you there, my friend? I am indeed. Aaron, do you have a question for Lauren or Johan about this project and about children's rights? I I do. I'm, I'm I've been having a think and I've I've listened to it and I'm thinking. If there's any people out there now listening that wants to get involved or wants to look into the project, how do they go about doing that? Should I take that one, Johan? Yeah. Okay, so if anybody, we are um, overjoyed if other people would like to be involved. And there's different ways that people can be involved. So there's a small way that people can be involved, which is that over the next week we're going to release a survey that's been created by us by our sort of small group of young people that are involved at the moment including Johan so we're going to release a survey which is basically helping us to analyze and research how young people feel about their rights so if you check out our social media over the next week which is just at Woodcraft Folk on on most of those kind of big social medias you can see that and you can fill in the survey if you're a young person or an adult um, and you can be involved a lot more if you head over to the website and have a look on our live page which I think maybe will be shared later um, and you can join one of our online sessions to get involved as well. Brilliant plug, thank you so much. Uh, I'm going to go to Juaria. Juaria, do you have a question for Johan and uh, Lauren maybe about the, these rights that we're talking about or about the project? Yes, I actually do. So, when trying to when communicating people, if there's a person with a learning difficulty wanting to like solve the part, how would you go about communicating with the people like that? Should I take that one again, Johan? Yeah, because um, I'm not really much of the like the people who work organising. Okay, so. We, um, as would Woodcraft Folk as an organisation, are very inclusive, welcoming to people from all backgrounds, circumstances um, and ability as well. So if somebody was in the area local to you guys up in Leeds, then I guess what would be best is to get involved with one of our local groups, who I believe are starting slowly to meet again face to face, if that's an easier way to communicating to connect rather than being online um, and you can head over again to the woodcraft.org.uk website and just click there's a big button that says find a group so if you click on that big button it will tell you from your postcode where your nearest group is and get in touch and our groups are very welcoming and inclusive for all as much as possible brilliant stuff and jess is there a question you like to throw out to these guys um, yeah, um, I know you said you, you know, you, you started it a couple of years ago, but I wanted to ask, you know, what was the original, like, basis for the entire group? Uh, so, uh, I guess, Johan, I'd love to come to you and just ask, um, obviously you didn't start Woodcraft Folk, but uh, it's something that means a lot to you. To just tell us why it means a lot to you, why people get involved and, and what its sort of ethos is, why, why it was created what it means to you? 
uh, it means like how like young people can come together and just sort of like be themselves and actually communicate one to one instead of like sometimes having like a limit to how much time they can spend together and most of the time we go on camps and then when we're there we can like do what we want well not we can do what we want but as long as we're not like interrupting anything or maybe we can just like create stuff together amazing stuff well, i've just got one question for each of you now johan is very quickly why is it important that we've got this project about children's rights why what why should other young people care about these these things called rights in the world because uh, we we need everybody to know what a child what children's rights are and what how they should be treated and not that just children just have like some rights like they should have a right to food that they have lots of other rights mm. like such as they have a think i think they have a right to um a lawyer i think i can't really remember but it's something along those lines mm. yeah That's there's exactly so much more right. isn't there yeah lauren is there anything you wanted to to add to that about I would just say it's exactly what Johan said and that he was exactly correct that there is a right to have a lawyer and always be legally represented if any young person's ever in trouble that's that's a right it's not just a, it's not just something that would be nice it's something that uh, all young people are entitled to so it's really important that all young people know what their rights are and all adults know what children's rights are so that we can make sure that we're respecting them um, and we might some of us might be in very lucky positions where we all of our rights or most of our rights are respected but we also should understand and advocate for those across the world who maybe uh don't have their rights recognized or met on a daily basis absolutely and then last question for you lauren is is what is there an end goal or an ambition with the kids got rights where do you see this project going so the end goal of this uh, project is for us to work collaboratively with our European friends and to create a sort of toolkit of um, activities and resources and maybe more information so that other young people from all over Europe um, and the UK and also adults can use these resources to just raise awareness of children's rights, to learn more about children's rights and to maybe uh, take action on where we think children's rights aren't being met or recognised. Excellent. Amazing. Well, we wish you absolutely all the best with that. And Lauren and Johan, thank you so much for coming on and, and chatting to us here at Chapel FM um, Thanks for on East Leeds, uh, East Leeds FM. So we're going to just finish off now um, with a song. So we asked Johan and we couldn't quite find the, the song in time, um, which, he, which he suggested. But I did go to a Woodcraft Folk event many moons ago and I saw Grace Petrie play an acoustic set there. So I've suggested Grace Petrie's Farewell to Welfare uh, just to close us off. Um, but thank you so much and uh, all the best with the project. Here's Grace Petrie. <laughs> Who's gonna be my Martin Luther King? And I'll say, who's gonna be 
I used to dream of a Britain where I'd be proud to bring up kids. These days I'd settle for a Britain where I'd be allowed to bring up kids. And Mrs. May, if I may be so bold as to say that your archaic view of family holds no relevance today. And if you think that honest people really should be turned away from IVF and B&Bs just because they're gay, I suggest you stop requesting that we continue to pay our taxes to a party that's And you're listening to Red Kite here on East Leeds FM. We're almost at the end of the show. So we just heard from Lauren talking about children's rights and woodcraft. Before that, we had Tess Seddon talking about her theater and politics show. Yes, for Tess. So we've got, I think, Aaron and Jess Henry still out there ending up the show. Hello, everybody. What did you think of the, the two interviews today? I thought it was uh, actually really good interviews today. Like it was very different in a sense to what we've done before. Yeah. 
And Tess, it was great. Uh, Jess, it was great to hear you talk about musicals. But yeah, what did, what did you think? Um, well, I thought it was very, um, well, it was nice to see like a different side of musicals and, you mm. know, how the main inspiration can actually come around for them. No, definitely. It makes me think about the different ways of using musicals. How about, Henry, I know you have a theatre background. Have you done musical-type theatre at any point in your life? I'm afraid uh, Jess is absolutely the expert when it comes to this topic, I'm afraid. So I completely deferred to her in that interview. It was just lovely to, um, to everyone chatting to, to Tess about, about that topic. I, I sat back and learnt loads from both of you talking about it. It was brilliant. Um, I've got a big list of musicals to go and check out now. Absolutely. Um, and I don't give think... give more musicals. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, and we had, there's definitely some possibilities because some of the next-gen broadcasters, too, are really, really eager to talk Harrison and some of the others, well, and Juaria, to talk more about musicals. So, so we can come back to that topic, definitely, and especially since we have good, good contacts at Leeds Playhouse who will be eager to talk with us as well. Um, so I think, unless uh, Johan or, or Juaria, I don't think are still here anymore. Otherwise, we've got just a quick list of what's coming up around Chapel FM, including some very exciting news. So I'll just run through that and then we'll all say our goodbyes. Um, so first of all, the next time we do Red Kite in a couple of weeks, we're going to be back. Some of us will be back in the studios and then in about two shows from now, we'll all do it from the studios if all goes according to plan and the lockdown continues to lift. Um, but also we have a new sports show coming up called Sport Talk. It's going to have its, its world premiere in the next month. So if you're a listener out there and you're interested in sports of any kind or you're aware of sports things happening in East Leeds, especially Seacroft, you can send us an email at info at chapelfm.co.uk and let us know about it because we'll be doing lots of sports radio soon. We also, at the end of May, in just about exactly a month, are going to have fantastic week of half-term projects for young people, radio, music, writing, theater. So keep an eye out for information about getting involved in that. And then last, our new cafe is getting ready to, to open to the world. So keep an eye out for news on that too. But before we go, so Jess, Aaron, Henry, others, Elliot, jump in if you want to. Just how do you feel about the idea of getting back to making radio in the radio studios? Um, well, I think it'll be, um, you know, a lot better to see people in person and do it in person instead of, you know, over phones and stuff. It'll be a lot more, say, like professional to be able to be in like a proper studio and everything. I'm scared I might be a bit rusty in a studio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's going to be strange for all of us. And Henry, as broadcasting worker, you haven't really gotten the chance to do a show in the studio. So how are you, how are you feeling about it? Uh, I, I just need to stay one step ahead of everyone in the training. That's what I'm thinking. So um, I just need Elliot to just upskill me. I'll watch some more videos on it. I'll read the, the, the books and then everything will be fine. Um, I'd stay one week ahead of everyone else. No, I'm fine. I'm, I'm hugely confident it's going to be great. I can't wait to welcome people back in. Great. Good stuff, everybody. Well, I think we're signing out from Red Kite, so thanks, everybody. Have a great weekend. Yeah, thank you. Music. Reviews. Chat. Poems. 
comedy. Writing. Interviews. Yeah.